Hi, I'm Stacy. I love talking about how to know and live out God's callings in our lives, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in comfy armchairs. You can head to my website, stacysummero.com, for more on discernment. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-U-M-E-R-E-A-U.com. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me once again. I'm honored that you're here. I'm a little tired lately. As you know, I moved to Winchester, Virginia not too long ago, and it's going really great. But I just want to say, all you parents out there, anyone who is raising small children, I have so much mad respect for you because... I have so much mad respect. Whatever. We're going to move on. I have mad respect for you because... Children are exhausting, and I definitely feel like I could use a little support right now. So if you have any ideas on how we parents can support each other, I would really love to hear them. Shoot me an email. I also wanted to remind you that I started a Patreon to support the ongoing costs of Called and Caffeinated. I'd be honored if you would also check that out. I've got some great stuff going on there. There's a limited time special where you can pick up an amazing t-shirt. It's seriously the beautifulest, softest tees I own. They're so beautiful. And uh, you can check them out. You can snag one of those before September 5th if you become my caffeinated crony for $5 a month, which is essentially taking me out for a latte every month. And uh, I also have a new Catholic faith and lifestyle show exclusively for my caffeinated cronies. And we have two episodes up so far. We're having a great time on over there. One of them is called The Spirituality of HGTV. So you're just going to have to head on over to patreon.com slash called and caffeinated if that piques your interest. As always, there's also going to be a sung reflection at the end of this episode because I like to sing. All right, let's get to it. Catherine Mitchell works with teen girls who are in the foster care system and need an emergency place to stay. These are young women who are at a very rocky place in their life. Often they've uh, come from, uh, they may be juvenile delinquents or they don't have a place to live. Some of them are just waiting for something to happen, waiting to be adopted. This is a form of service that I honestly have never heard of before, but I think that more Catholics should be taking action. So even if you're not good with teenagers, um, there are so many ways that you can serve and support these emergency shelters. And I think you're going to love this episode. I know it really, um, it really brought a lot of life to me and I'm going to be checking out the nearest emergency teen shelter in my area. So without further ado, let's get to it. Catherine, thank you so much for being with me on Calling Caffeinated. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, wonderful to have you. So what calls, Catherine, have you received from God in your life so far? And what do those calls look and feel like? Gosh, okay. So the first one that comes to mind is I have felt called to marriage. Mm. Um, But I really wanted to be a missionary of charity. Um, so oh. I actually went and I lived with them for a summer working in Harlem, um, wow. in Bronx. And it God made it so evident that I was not supposed to be a missionary of charity. I like fell off part of their roof while I was there. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah, I was just like the problem child of the convent. And so <laughs> I like, I love Mother Teresa and I like really, I love serving Um, I was working with at-risk youth over there and um, it was really like a call that I felt like I had was to go and serve Mm. these kids and I really (laughs) wanted to be like Mother Teresa and 
I don't know. By the end, I like made a promise not to call any boys the time I was there. And I totally broke mm-hmm. that promise and was like, this is not for me. Oh. <laughs> but, um, but it was beautiful and I learned a lot and I, you know, it helped get me to the <laughs> calling mm-hmm. of marriage. And I actually met my husband like a few months after that experience. So it seems very mm-hmm. providential. That is. And you know how amazing that God put this desire for service in your heart. You wanted to be like Mother Teresa, but it just wasn't exactly in that way. Exactly. As you're talking, I'm thinking about how I also wanted to be like people that I admired. And I always thought that people who were up on stage were so admirable and so brave. And I wanted to be like that. And now God is using me as a speaker, which I think is amazing because I was... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was going for Broadway for so long. And it's like that desire was there and it hasn't changed. It's just morphed into something else. Yeah. that's. I love that your desire to serve kind of became evident in your current line of work. So you have... Yeah. So you have two little babies, right? Yes. So I have a three-year-old son named Elijah, and I have a nine-month-old special needs baby named Colby. Oh, yes. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They keep me busy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's another wow. call to motherhood, but you know. Absolutely. And that is a special call. <laughs> it's very yeah. challenging. One that God just puts on us, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful and we love it. Um, and then I guess the other time in my life where I really felt strongly called to something, I had been through my work. Like I, I felt very called to be a theology teacher. Mm. Um, and then, you know, after three years, it's like God just made it clear I needed more time with my family and I wanted to do something part-time. And um, I had studied social work through um, through my undergrad and then graduated from Ave and they didn't have a social work. So I did theology. Mm. Um, and I, I really wanted to use the social work aspect. And I, out of nowhere, found the place where I was working because my spiritual director just like texted me and was like, hey, do you know about this shelter for abused girls? Like, what do you think about it? And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to apply there. Mm. <laughs> so I just felt so called so instantly. And um, just seeing how that, you know, it, it was subtle at first. And then it just became so direct that mm. I just mm. felt like, wow, this is something that the Lord has really placed right in front of me, right under my nose, something that I'm so passionate about. I love working with teen girls and just like really I don't, called me in so many different ways mm-hmm. this one thing. Yeah. What you said earlier, you said you were feeling called to spend more time with your family and you were looking for something part-time after being, um, Uh, Was it a theology teacher you said you were? Yes. I taught Mm -hmm. high school theology for three years um, in a small town near Atlanta. And I loved it. And I loved my students. And, you know, I continue. I still keep up with them. And they're wonderful, wonderful people. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, when you're working in a small Catholic school, you're also a coach. You're also Mm -hmm. a mentor. You're also planning and grading. So 40-hour weeks become mm-hmm. 60 hour weeks and then yeah. so yeah so the desire you felt and I'm I'm asking these questions because I always love to explore like what does God's call look like and sometimes it's just our reason like for you was it just looking at 
the way you spent your time in recognizing this is just way too much and I feel frazzled, I pulled in, I feel pulled in different directions, or was it more something that you heard in prayer or something else? I would say it was the pure exhaustion and realization mm. that I had that I was doing too much. So it wasn't mm-hmm. something directly in prayer, but it was definitely a movement within my heart because totally. you know, I'd been doing all this for already two years with my son. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine working full-time, and teachers especially. Every teacher I know, especially at Catholic schools, oh my goodness, they are working all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special thing. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, there were moms there with five, six, nine kids, and I was like, I don't know how you do this, but I Individuals, man, individuals. God just calls everybody differently. I feel the same way too, because I think there's this comparison thing with other moms and we all want to be liked by each other. But then like I was just talking to this beautiful woman today who goes running after her kids go to sleep every night. I was like, what? You go for a run at 7.15 every night? I'm like, I'm dead on the couch at 7.15 every night. Yeah. But to each his own, you know, it's like, that's her thing. That's what gives her life. I don't need to compare myself to her. The fact that I had brownies tonight and I'm not going for a run, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't, it's not a reflection on you. The fact that, you know, you don't have nine kids and you're also, you know, not teaching anymore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, She's a beautiful mom and she's killing it. But I, her kids were also like older and mm-hmm. she was actually the one who encouraged me to quit. She was like, mm. girl, when I had my first baby, I walked out on my day back from maternity leave. I was like, okay, Whoa. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think she's wise, like, you know, especially if her kids were older and she gets gifted yeah. discernment. So she sounds more experienced. And like, I find that yeah. the, the moms of big families often are the ones who are the most understanding those of us with like one or two yeah, <laughs> who yeah. are in the thick of like the young baby thing. The baby yeah. years. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's all been a blessing. It's all been awesome. And mm-hmm. glad to be where I am now. <laughs> totally. Fantastic. And then when you heard about this job, it kind of just found you and was it like an immediate yes in your heart? Like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Yes. So I was actually applying for jobs at shelters um, in the Atlanta area for women and children. And I, Mm. I love working with teen girls. Like it's, I, I always tell people like God could have made me an Olympic athlete. And I really wish that that was my gift, but instead he made me good at relating to salty teen girls that is a gift (laughs) yeah each each person has their own gift and while I would love to be an Olympic runner I get teenagers which is also beautiful Um, (laughs) so yeah I was applying for all these jobs and then uh, my spiritual director texted me because I had been the um the like in charge of service learning at the high school and so he was like, oh, like, do you know if this is a good organization? And I was like, I have never heard of them, but I'm applying today. <laughs> mm, love so, it. Love it. Yeah. So tell me more about what you do. So this was a, a shelter for teenage girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it is technically 
an emergency shelter for teen, well, seven years old to 21 years old girls. Wow. Um, the oldest that we have had recently was 18. They usually graduate high mm-hmm. school and are able to find independent living. But uh, uh, independent living places are actually very few and far between in this area. And so some of them will stay with us a little extra if they're uh, doing community school um, mm-hmm. or like some go to beauty school uh, cosmetic mm-hmm. you know, academy. Um, and they'll have jobs. They have to be working. They have to be in school. Um, but they're allowed to stay with us until they're 21. Mm. So that's really cool. Yeah. And like, how, how long do they typically stay? If you don't mind my asking. Oh yeah. Uh, or is so, there a typical? So we, we say we're an emergency shelter, but what that really means is that they're, they're coming here because it's an emergency. <laughs> We're not, um, it's not planned to come to us usually. So we, most people think that is like really, oh, they're there a night or two, but really our average stay is about six months, but Mm. we have girls who stay two, three years with us. Mm. Um, We've graduated girls from high school and been the people to like move them in to to college. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this would be teenagers who are in the foster care system. Is that, is that right? So um, many of them are, the majority are. We also, so we can take 12 girls and two of our rooms are always reserved for girls who are exiting the juvenile court system. So Mm -hmm. they've been in, um, they've been in GV. And so uh, the court can give up a bed to defects, but we always have to have at least one court ordered room. Mm. So Mm -hmm. the reason that they would be there, I know that sounds weird that we like take girls from GV and put them in our house. um, It's because the court believes that they are not going home to the most stable house Mm -hmm. it may not be a place where they are being abused or neglected but it might just be a place where they they need some family counseling before they Mm -hmm. go home and so we uh we'll do counseling on site with Mm -hmm. some of our counselors um and and also just like showing that everyone is responsible you know we've had girls who are with us from the court who have a weekend pass home and they end up, you know, mess, not, I, I hate to say like messing up because they're teenagers and they're going to make mistakes, but mm-hmm. you know, they make a mistake or they go to a party and something happens. And so it's really like this transitional period to really have extra eyes and extra support for these girls and really mm-hmm. just a place help to go. them transition back home and make home an environment where they can succeed. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like, you know, a few, a few of our girls will be in that position. Mm-hmm. Most of our girls um, are in defects custody are able to be fostered, but there are not many people who are like running out of the woodworks to foster mm-hmm. um, teen girls. 
Yeah. Our teenage girls, girls have a <laughs> reputation for being they have so awful. Difficult. They get a bad rap. <laughs> yes, they do. They really do. I have a daughter and everyone's like, Ooh, watch out for when she's a teenager. And with my son, they're like, Oh, he's tough now, but he'll be fine later. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's yeah. what everyone says to me. And I'm like, I was so wonderful. Just kidding. I was not a good teenager, but <laughs> I was better than my brother. So <laughs> yeah, I was a good teenager, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I love my girls. I think they're wonderful. And mm. um, so the girls that we have have been have been abused or severely neglected. Mm. And they are um they are girls who are very difficult to place because mm. of that. Okay. Uh, people people don't really know what to do when one, it's a teenage girl, but two, she has PTSD or mm. a developmental delay or, you know, just mm-hmm. some severe neglect issues. So, yeah. My heart just goes out to them because they must just feel so forgotten. They, they mention on a regular basis, like it is heartbreaking. And that's why I use social media to try to like tell people like they really just want like a mentor. They want someone to know that they exist and that, Mm -hmm. you know, and to show them that they're loved and that's Mm -hmm. what they want more than anything. They'll see those like, um, Oh, this is heartbreaking, but they'll see those dog commercials where they like show the dog homeless pets Mm -hmm. that like are up for adoption. And, literally twice I've had girls say, why don't they show pictures of like abused girls that are up for adoption? Like we want a home too. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's the most heartbreaking thing you could possibly say to me tonight. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to be seen. They want to be known. They want to be loved. Mm -hmm. They want people to take an interest in them. Yeah. And I was so excited to interview you because I feel like this is an important part of the pro-life movement. Not everyone is called to it. Obviously, I can tell that it's a very special calling, but I think anyone who is called to it really needs to respond um, because we get such, as pro-lifers, we get such a bad rap on social media because we're, people say we're pro-birth, but after a child is born, we don't care. And of course, they can say that about anybody. I think there's a ton of people in the pro-life movement who are working quietly and they're not going to advertise their um, contributions from the the rooftops. Actually, this is an interesting thing. So I'm hardly on Twitter, but I saw one tweet of some pro-abortion well-known person who was like, okay, pro-life people, tell me everything, tell me anything that you've done. I can't remember who it was. She's like, tell me anything that you've done for the pro-life movement, I'll, I'll wait. And I kid you not, hundreds and hundreds of, of pro-life people started chiming in saying, oh, well, I donated my, my old car to a pregnancy resource center for a mom who needs a car. And I, you know, host dinners for single moms on a regular basis. And, you know, I adopted a teenage mother and took care of her and her baby. I mean, people, you know, I donate to my crisis pregnancy center locally. People were coming out of the woodwork and it was like such a beautiful witness of this one-on-one sort of um, just like, it's it's like crowdfunding, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) you know, crowdfunding for the pro-life movement. And I was just so excited to to feature what you do because I think this is such an important 
little known thing. Um, and I know you feel the same way too, because I've seen your posts on social media. You really want people to just know that this is an issue in our society, that this is something that people can do to help. And you don't even have to adopt. That's what I thought was actually really cool is you can make a difference without actually opening your home. Because for me, raising a two-year-old and a one-year-old, I honestly, if I'm being totally honest, I would have fear about bringing a teenage, teenage uh, girl or boy with PTSD or a learning disability or something that would make it really, really hard into my home just because I'm raising a two-year-old and a one-year-old. I already feel stretched to my limits. This would be, a, mm-hmm. you know, this would be something that would be really difficult for me and my husband at this point. But, it's overwhelming. If you yeah. Know, you know, like if you don't have a foot in the door and, you know, if you've never seen it, that would never be like my first law. Like, hey, let me get a teenager. You know what I should add right. to this? A teenager. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's bring on. Te- let's bring in someone things. who can challenge me, and you know, yes. <laughs> so like yeah. when I feel overwhelmed with my two-year-old, exactly. like no, I'm like, yeah, let's get someone else who can challenge me on a regular basis. Let's like have that. a door slammer. That's what yeah, I mean. yeah, totally. Because they do, they parties. slam their doors. I mean, mm. yeah, totally what teenagers do. Yeah, um, and that's normal for teens. And exactly. Yeah, and so you can't expect them to be what they're not. But how how can you serve in a way that doesn't involve you actually adopting or fo- you know fostering full time? Yes. So one of the biggest things that I would encourage is um, so like I'll post a lot of things, and people always want to give money, which is great. Like of mm-hmm. course, money makes the world go round, and these girls need things, mm-hmm. but. Um, one of the biggest reasons I post encouraging people is what they really need is people who are willing to spend an hour a week, an hour every two weeks to mm-hmm. come in. Tutors are a big thing that we need. Um, a lot of my girls have transferred schools. Like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, girls will count. It's like eight, nine. This is my ninth school. Because they've either been in the system or their family has been so unstable for so mm-hmm. long that they just keep going from school to school and they are behind. Like, they mm-hmm. are usually coming to us at least two grades behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tutors are able to come in and you do not have to be brilliant, right? Really, mm-hmm. you got to be motivational. And willing mm-hmm. to Google some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I was a teacher and I'm not brilliant at really, I'm good at history and English, but like when it comes to math and science, I have no clue. But I sit there with a calculator and with Google and we figure things out and mm-hmm. we work through things and it shows the girls that like you can keep working or I just say, hey, you need mm-hmm. to circle this one and mm-hmm. you need to go show it to your teacher tomorrow and ask her before class what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that little bit of encouragement. They're like, okay, I can do this. This is mm-hmm. how people get things done. Just like a parent would do, right? right? Because they don't have that in their lives. Exactly. And I can't do that, you know, while I also have to help, you know, Mm -hmm. counsel a girl and cook dinner and watch showers. And like, you know, there's so much Mm -hmm. going on in the house that when a tutor comes in and just spends an hour one-on-one with the girl, not only is it showing that like you are loved, you're cared about, and people care about your education, Mm. It is just like, it's such a help to us to like know that they're trying, they're getting on the right track, their grades are going to get better. It's really such a blessing when we get tutors um, and awesome when we get mentors, mentors for the girls who are willing to come 
And they do, the mentors have to be women for our shelter. The tutors can be either uh, male or woman. But so when the mentors come, they'll, they'll be on site with the girl the first time and get to know her. And then they can start taking the girl out. Eventually, Mm. some of them have taken them to their home just for dinner. Mm. Uh, But just like if you're a member at a gym, right? It's like, the, a lot of gyms will let foster kids come for free. And so if you say like, hey, I am, um, I'm a member here and this girl is with X organization, like, can we get her a pass? Almost mm-hmm. every gym will say yes. I know the YMCA will say yes. So like, if you remember yeah. the why, think about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect um, alignment with their mission. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we, we all go for free at the Y um, and we try to take them like once every two weeks or so, mm-hmm. but they're wonderful. Shout out to YMCA. Um, <laughs> but yes. So just like little things like that, like you don't have to go above and beyond. Like, of course they want to get their nails done sometimes or want to mm-hmm. go out for Starbucks or dinner, but like just little things that you're doing anyway, they're happy to just get that one-on-one attention for a few hours Oh, you have mm. to run by the store. Like, let them come with you and just get them some candy, and they will be so happy because mm. you're spending time with them. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and what a testament! Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's simple, and what a testament to the fact that our hearts just need um, company and solidarity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you'll be shocked at like how these girls like wait for their mentors to get there and they're so Mm -hmm. excited and it's just like they're going on a walk even and Mm -hmm. that to them is like you know another counseling session and it's not like you have to counsel or anything but just be a listening ear Mm -hmm. you know be on their team it's one more person on their team and that is huge for them Mm -hmm. yeah totally hey y'all I wanted to take a quick, quick time out to just remind you about my Patreon account that I started. I promise this will be fast. I just wanted to let you know once again that if you join for $5 a month and become a caffeinated crony, you will help support not only my my podcast, uh, Putting Money in My Pocket, but also you will help support my sound editor, who is a wonderful Catholic husband and father. He has two small children of his own, as do I. And so by uh, putting part of your resources toward the podcast every month, you can have the satisfaction of knowing that you are helping a grassroots Catholic initiative, um, putting unique content out there in the world that you won't find anywhere else. Also, if you become a caffeinated crony, you'll have exclusive access to Coffee Sips, which is my new Catholic lifestyle show. It's going to help support you in your liturgical living and other areas of Catholic life. So I really hope that you'll check it out. Now let's get back to my conversation with Catherine. And that way too, you get to know them through fun things like it's not yes. like oh my gosh can I bring you into my home you know yeah, <laughs> especially, it's really simple. yeah especially for millennials if you're not married maybe you're renting an apartment or something like that and you simply cannot foster you can still yeah. do this and be like a big sister or big brother it is and it's and it's a very intentional one mm-hmm. um and yeah like you know the girls do get moved but you a lot of times we place when we place girls it's with a mentor, it's because we know that they're going to be there for a while and they need someone to hang out with, someone right. older who's not right. a staff because, you know, we can't always play favorites. and Yeah. <laughs> that's a good deal. 
I just thought of something. I'm a voice teacher. And I was like, huh, maybe I could go give voice lessons. If Because, you know, you people could. see, yeah, people yeah. see people singing on YouTube and they love it or whatever. They love their favorite singers. I'm like, I could go give voice lessons. And or, that would be a fun way to mentor. Yes. Or even like people who do fun things like uh, voice lessons. They love piano. They love mm-hmm. art. They love and you can do lessons like, you know, who, that are more formal or you can even like go host a karaoke party and they'll love it, you know? Mm, and totally. you think that like teen girls might think they're too cool or whatever, but my, like I have girls who are, you know, former gang members who are like down yeah. for some karaoke or down for a dance party or yeah. just like want some ice cream because they like, they didn't get that. And it's yeah. Like, fun and they they want to do it (laughs) yeah absolutely it was like their childhood was stolen from them and so they want they want to have that before it's gone yes and you know it's not I always encourage volunteers like they may not act like they love it while they're doing it but like by the end of it they will ask you when you're coming back they will ask you when they Mm. see you again they'll talk about it after like you know, they're teenagers. They're sometimes too cool for school, but mm-hmm. you know, they really, they do absorb it and they do recognize it as something that someone does because they care about them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I think you said something in our phone conversation about even just having them over for sleepovers, like popcorn and a movie. Yes. And it's like girl time, fun, they, you know, they can't get that on their own. And so it's this, it's, it's such a work of mercy, but it's also just, it's just being with people, like just exactly being with people. Yeah. And, um, seeing, like, I can imagine it would be really good to see an example of like a healthy marriage, healthy family, um, healthy friendships, you know, um, that can have a profound effect that you won't even know about maybe ever, but you'll, you're, teen who you're mentoring will see that and take that with them into their life and maybe just give them hope that a lot of this you know a lot of things they see that they want are actually possible yes um I have a story of a girl who um she was placed with us and she was already going to this one church and her um her small group leader kept coming to pick her up for church and her small group leader was about my age, probably 27, 28, had two baby twins, like Mm. adorable nine-month-old twin girls and kept coming. And then like, you know, they got it approved through the caseworker to have these these overnight visits. And the girl kept going over to their house and it's like beautiful family, this beautiful family life. And then, you know, she was... Uh, fostered and then adopted her her senior year of high school. She oh, was like, wow. you know, on varsity cheer, living, you know, just this like very sweet life with her mm. church group leader. And, you know, it was not her group leader's intention to adopt her, but I think through spending time and seeing that it was a good fit and it was mm. something that she could do, like God really encouraged her. So like, right. yeah, you don't have to adopt, you don't have to foster, but God might open your heart to like mm-hmm. taking one of these girls and showing you, you know, that it is possible. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel called to that kind of service. And the call for me actually came in a very strange way. I was, um, so I went through an eating disorder um, when I was like 21 until I was about mm-hmm. 24, 25. It was a slow kind of recovery. And yeah. for a while, I thought I was not going to be able to have children. And I remember one night I was visiting my family and I was on the elliptical. And for some reason, I don't know why I was watching Anne of Green Gables while I was on the elliptical. And not <laughs> super weird. And um, the beginning came on. And Anne got, it shows little Anne of Green Gables as a little girl. And she's kind of in this terrible situation where she was just, just being taken care of by this woman who needed uh, basically to use her like a servant instead of actually be a, a mother. And then she yeah. comes to Green Gables and she looks at the house and she was like a real home. Like I've never had this before. And I don't know what exactly came upon me, but I just started bawling right there. (laughs) My 24 year old self or whatever it was. was I couldn't imagine not having a home and never, you know, what that would feel like. Like, how would you, I guess it's so foundational. Um, It's really hard to imagine being tossed around and never having a home. And, um, yeah. And so I've just had such a heart for it. So how do you, how do you find a shelter and what do you go through in order to work with these girls? Do you have a background check? Yes. So you find a shelter. Honestly, this is, this is like one of my biggest platforms with the subject is that people don't know how to find them. And I, I really want people to know how to find these hidden vulnerable members of our society of our communities um because if you if you search group home for teens you probably won't find it but if you search emergency shelter for teens near me Mm. they'll pop up Hmm. and you kind of sometimes have to be specific like emergency shelter for teen girls because that's what like we have on our websites and no one else is advertising them Right. Like mm-hmm. we are the only ones who are really out there. Right. Um, you know, asking for help. Like we, we do a lot of things within our small community to try to raise awareness, but people still don't really know who we are. We are hidden. We don't give out our address. We're a PO box. Like you, mm. you do have to jump through hoops because we need to protect our doors from people who, who do not have good intentions with our girls. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, we, we are hidden. And I think some of it is for good measure. And mm. I think some of it is to kind of hide away the fact that our country as great as it is has such vulnerable members. Sometimes people are afraid that like, Oh, well, if we talk about, you know, group homes, they're going to think orphanages. And like, I'm so thankful the home that I work at, the girls are like princesses, you know, (laughs) like we, they get everything that they need and more Mm. and what they want and you know like they get great help they get great therapy but I do know that there are other group homes that are not as great you know and my girls have talked about being in them where they're not as safe or they're not as you know they don't get very much they share rooms they you know and ours Mm. is like just one of the very well thought of homes Mm. um 
-hmm. And so, or like even the way they talk about like psych wards, you know, for teenagers, it's horrifying. Um, Mm. And it's just something that our society doesn't really want to think about. And so, you know, the government's not advertising it. We aren't advertising Mm. the bad places. So it's, you know, it really breaks my heart that people don't know about them because I'm like, yeah, like there are homes yeah. where children live without parents and mm-hmm. they're not fostered. They're waiting. They're waiting for something to happen. Wow. And you mentioned yeah. that if you do decide to adopt one of these, um, one of these young women, um, and I assume it would be the same. Everything we're saying is the same for, for men as well, right? For yes. boys. Yes. There is a boys house that we are not associated with, but does the same thing. Mm. in our town so okay. gotcha yeah, it was a girl's house and a boy's house yeah so this is not just for women this is definitely for men but yes. you're also you're just hearing the ladies side of it tonight yes exactly yeah but if you google the same thing like teenage shelters uh, or emergency boys. shelters yeah. for boys near me you'll find it yes okay yes. cool because i'm thinking like my husband could go play basketball with well, someone like he he loves playing basketball and we have such trouble finding time for him to get together with like a sports, you know, a sports league well, of other dads. My husband is the exact yeah, same. He loves basketball and he's yeah. actually getting involved with the teen boy shelter and he's just mm-hmm. going to mentor a boy and take him to go play basketball or take mm-hmm. him out for a burger and, you know, yeah, super simple. Yeah. And you mentioned too, like bringing them to your home for, for Sunday dinner, which I think is brilliant because you're going to cook anyway. Yeah, just you're going to cook anyway. Just add one more person into the mix. Like I come from a family of eight children, so we were all about yeah. the you know the bulk cooking growing up. Exactly. And it's like one more mouth is not a lot, but what it means to that person is so yeah. much. Yes, mm-hmm. and and that takes some time, and it takes some approval from case managers to have them like approved by the whole family. But when you start with just like the one on one, and then you know, you showed like, Hey, I, I'm willing to be like a respite is kind of what it's called where you take Mm -hmm. the kid for a night or you take the kid just to like, give them a break from their other home or give the other home a a break from them. Um, that's, that's something that is definitely doable once you've Mm -hmm. been with the kid for a while. And you did ask what you have to do to, um, yes, to hang out with my kids. Um, so to be a mentor, I, you might, I think you have to be fingerprinted and a background check. Okay. Um, I think that's it. For me, I had to go through like a bunch of like, you know, drug tests and all sorts of sure. different things and trainings. But I don't, I don't think that's necessary for the mentor. I think mm-hmm. background check to come to our shelter. And then um, if you want to be a mentor, I think it's also a fingerprint. But that's, mm-hmm. that's really it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, I'm just not good with teenagers? That's totally valid, right? Like I am not great with elderly. I know that mm-hmm. sounds awful, but I like just feel very awkward and it's probably from my past or whatever. I'm just a little awkward around older people. <laughs> um, and so we each have our own gift and someone who's great with um, you know, pregnant moms may not be great with teen girls and vice mm-hmm. versa. And so that's one thing is we each bring our own love to the table, right? Mm-hmm. And we're able to help in our own way. But I would also say 
you don't have, like no one is great with teenagers. I know that sounds <laughs> yeah. awful coming from someone who's like job is that no I think that rings true (laughs) there are times where I'm awkward or I don't know what to say and I just say maybe I say the wrong thing and I you know some girl slams the door and runs to her room I just you keep showing up and you keep loving and they I always tell people like my teenagers feel so much more awkward than you do in life. Mm-hmm. And just like I keep that in the back of my mind when like, you know, I'm one-on-one with a girl and it's awkward for a second. I'm like, this is like, I'm an adult. <laughs> I, I know how to manage right. my emotions and I know, I know my worth and I know, you know, I, mm. this is way more painful for them. And it's totally. okay. like, I'm, I'm showing up. I'm showing up and I'm loving and they're eventually going to respond, you know, Mm -hmm. or they don't. And that's, that's okay. I did my best. Um, Right. Right. But I think, I think you would be surprised it like, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought all sorts of parents and teachers were cool. Who probably didn't know that I thought they were cool. Or, oh, totally. And for the weirdest yeah. things too, like I love her messy bun. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like she just is so sweet to everyone. Like, yeah. I can't, I like be popular like that and just be so sweet to everyone. I don't know how to do that. Like <laughs> I remember feeling confident. like so awkward. I'm like, how is she yep. so confident in herself? Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Know? And just like, little things that you're watching and you're, you're noticing and you're like, wow, like I want to, I want to be like her. I want to mm-hmm. be like him. Um, and just for the most random things. And like, we'll have girls who are so resistant the whole time they're there. And then we'll get letters after that's like, you know, you were the first person who showed me love. Like Jesse's house is my family. Like all these Aww. things that, you know, they don't they don't know it and um Mm -hmm. I read something once and it was like going around the internet but it was like you know how when you're really cold like you've been outside in the cold and then you go in the warm shower and it like hurts you even though it's Mm -hmm. like not that hot it's like that's how it feels to a kid who hasn't received love before when Mm -hmm. they like finally receive it and like they don't know what to do with it it like almost hurts them Mm-hmm. Because they're like, what is this? Why is this so painful? Like, this is something so opposite from what I have had in my life. Totally. Um, to be able to receive that can be difficult. But then eventually they like realize that it's something good and it feels nice. But it takes a while. Yeah, I love that. And I read something once that I thought was brilliant, which is God does not call the equipped. God equips the called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And of course, my, my whole mission with this podcast is to figure out <laughs> how we hear God's voice in our lives, which can be so many different things. So I hope that anyone who is feeling that stirring in their heart, even if they feel like I can't do this, I have nothing to offer. I hope they'll just take the first step, Google it, um, get in touch. Can they get in touch with you if they can't find shelters? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. good at Googling them. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, am happy to Google it for any place that uh, awesome. people 
send me. They can DM me on Instagram. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. No, I, I'm not a public figure. <laughs> FYI, everyone. So literally, you can just like message me on Insta and I will Google it for you. And, and what what's your Insta handle again? KT Mitchell. Okay. So it's K, yeah. the letter K, the letter T. M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, right? Yeah. And there, cool. there are periods in between the KT because that's, that's my like. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Not too hard. I will also put that in the show notes so that people cool. can get that if they forget or if they're driving, they can't write it down or something. And then I also had another kind of brainwave as we were talking on the phone, which is that people could host an informational night at their parish if they, for whatever reason... Um, either can't serve in this capacity, but they feel like the information should be out there. And you and I kind of chatted about it. And I was like, would you be willing to Skype in and like talk about the need for this so that people don't have to feel like they're putting the work in? And I totally Skype it. I also like, um, so one thing that I was, I was thinking of, because you talked about like parishes and how parishes could get involved. They could definitely have an information night. They could also have drives or whatever. Again, money does help. Obviously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always encourage time spent because, you know, it's what we see, but there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes. Um, we personally, I know our organization has like an Amazon wish list. So like, Mm. I think it's really cool because you can like, I don't know if you're a young woman, what you want is probably what my girls want. Like they love makeup and they love Mm -hmm. dresses and they want to be cute. And like, um, some of my former students have wanted to get involved and I'm like, yeah, if you have old clothes like that are gently used, like bring them over. Cause my girls love cute clothes and they love finding a good, a good find, you know? Yeah. And even like glamor photo shoots or something. Like I just got a camera. We've had women do that. We've had them yeah. come and do hair and makeup and nice. take pictures and develop them for girls. And it mm-hmm. is like the sweetest little thing. Another thing is for parishes, if you're really interested, but maybe like, you know, one-on-one may not be your thing or you want to get more people involved. Um, we have a lot of uh, Protestant churches that we work with that actually have like teams of women who come to our house and put on different events together as a team. And um, they might do some fundraising um, outside of it just to like provide, you know, like they'll take our girls to movies. So they might fundraise together for that movie night Mm -hmm. and then also come and put it on because, Mm -hmm. you know, like you do have to go through the background check. You do have to, um, it does take work. Not everyone can do it. So some people in the parish like might want to go and get their feet wet with the girls and then tell other women and men like what's going on, how they can help, how they can fundraise if they do want to get involved. Like, Oh yeah, we're throwing them a photo shoot or we're, we're taking them to the movies or they get mm-hmm. so creative with my girls. We're having a slip and slide party. We're, you know, just oh, all sorts um, of things and ice cream social. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hosting a sleepover. Like some groups will come at 8 PM and start a party. And like my girls can stay up late and you know, mm-hmm. they like, they leave at midnight and it's just like this total fun little sleepover where they do nails and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of church groups will do that. 
um, which is just really cool to see, you know, they're friends, they're coming together. It kind of breaks the ice on both ends because yeah, it's you a know, you're doing it with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And then if you're, instead of being one-on-one, you can say like, oh, you should meet so-and-so. She has, you know, she's from this town or... Exactly. And you can like, start oh, you- for that girl. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Lots of um, great things have come from it. And it's also like a relationship. We have, mm-hmm. we have girls who have stayed there years and groups who come every month. And so they really know the girls and they really yeah. like, they come back and tutor on Wednesday or they, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it really starts a very good relationship between women of that church and our girls. Mm, I love it. That's amazing. And that sounds like so much fun too. Yeah. <laughs> like totally that sounds like what I want to do. I'd be like, yeah, honey, I you take it. the kids. I got to go have an ice cream social and a slip and slide exactly. party. Bye. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to go to the movies right now with you. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, honey. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love girl time. And I feel like getting groups together to just have fun is so important for the human condition and we're losing that in our society with our screens so you can definitely bring that back yeah yeah and it's great because the staff are around so you know like if there's anything hard if a girl's having a breakdown like i'll take care of that the volunteers have the fun time you know Mm -hmm. like don't worry that something that awful is gonna happen you know it's not like i got it we got it trained professionals got it you Mm -hmm. have fun you make that ice cream and we'll deal with whatever comes up, whatever problems are presented. Like it's, sure. it's really not too difficult for the volunteers. Yeah. That's really cool. Is yeah. there anything else you want to share that uh, we haven't talked about yet? Um, no. Do you have mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just sounds like such a great opportunity to volunteer. Of course I'm an extrovert. So I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. You know, dive in. But I know yeah. some introvert listeners might be like, ooh, that's not for me. But I really hope, you know, I would just encourage everyone to take it to prayer myself. I, I would just say, God's going to give you what you need. Maybe there's another introvert at the, you know, at the foster shelter where <laughs> you can go and you guys can just like go to the library and read books together. Oh, <laughs> Something yeah. like oh my that. God, die for that. Um, yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I want people to know is that you know, our society is filled with like lots of different members and you may not realize the pain that's happening in your own community. Mm. That's one of like the biggest things about these girls is like, my girls go to school down the road at public school, you know, and they, they are so a part of this community, but also at the same time feel very ostracized because mm. they feel very rejected mm-hmm. by people. Um, and because they have all pretty much suffered some really deep systematic abuse, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard for them to, to feel loved and to feel wanted and to feel cared for. And like, I'm just talking about teen girls, but there, you know, there are so many members of our own community, whether they've struggled with drugs and alcohol or some sort of mental illness or, you know, whatever it may be 
that they are feeling like vulnerable and rejected mm-hmm. and they're just like looking for someone to take care of them. Um, and they're not well advertised, represented, or they're not the hot topic at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't seem cool to like go hang out with them. And it's not that people don't want to, it's just they don't know about them or they don't feel equipped. Mm-hmm. But just to go and to show up and like just that this has really personally been such an eye opener to my own community. You know, mm-hmm. like we we live in a small town in Georgia and I, I get the most random questions about <laughs> the work that I do and people ask if, you know, oh, are the girls minority? Are they, I'm like, they are representation of our community. They are (laughs) like, that's the best I can say. Like abuse happens in every, in every community, Mm -hmm. abuse and neglect. And, and we kind of brush it under the rug. And it's just something that I'm very passionate about. And I love my girls very much. And I just want them to know. And I want anyone who's vulnerable or anyone who feels rejected to know that like there is a place for them at the table like they do belong Mm -hmm. to this society yeah even if you're raised in a healthy household I know it's so easy as a teenager to feel rejection and to feel like the weird one out and then if you don't have a regular home to go to and you hear your people in your class talking about it at high school it must be so hard as oh, you don't have a life perspective. Yeah, it must be devastating. Um, and it, so. just like one person, I know like personally, I did not grow up in a stable house and it was just like one or two loving adults. And it really is a difference when <laughs> it's an adult versus a friend. Like you can have all the friends in the world, mm-hmm. but when it's someone who is capable of really helping to take care of you, helping to, you know, show you that you can get through your teenage years you can get past it you are loved you are wanted um it means so much Mm. it means a lot absolutely there's this great Teresa of Avila quote which um I just googled because it's so good I just don't want to um I had to make sure I did I said it right um and it's Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. For sure, for sure. That's funny, that actually was like a prayer that we used to pray at the Mm. Catholic school that I worked at. Oh, wow. What a great lead-in to what you do now. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I think think that that's a good note to leave everything on. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I will definitely put your contact information in the show notes for anyone who would like to get in touch with you if if they can't find a shelter in their area or if they want to host an information night and have you Skype in and tell more about what you do and uh, what this kind of work means to the people you serve. So thank you so much, Catherine, for your time. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the work you're doing with your children and with, um, with your girls out there, you know, be in the front lines of the hands and feet of Christ the world.
well, thank you so much for giving me this time and this platform. And, you know, it's hard. I don't, <laughs> I am kind of occupied with my girls. So it's mm-hmm. hard for me to go out and find a place to speak about them. So, you know, I'm, I'm so happy when there's a podcast or something like that, where I can talk about them and help people just like maybe look into something they've never thought of before. And, um, yeah, you have such a cool podcast. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Amen to all of that. Um, especially the part where, where you said I had a cool podcast. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but thank you. I'm super happy to give you a platform and uh, you okay. know, hopefully we'll, we'll definitely catch up again soon. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Stacey. I hope you enjoyed thank that you. episode. Don't forget, you can subscribe to get every episode of Called and Caffeinated in your inbox at stacysummero.com. That's S T A C E Y S U M E R E A U.com. Stick around because I am going to sing the Gregorian chant Alleluia for the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Mother, which is coming up on August 15th. I think Mary wants to be the patron saint of my podcast because I keep finding myself drawn to Marian hymns uh, that I sing at the end of these episodes. So not a bad patron saint, right? <laughs> this is one of those, those ones where if you lose your place... <laughs> in the notes in the long runs of notes you're not finding your way back so this is a really challenging one for me um, especially because my background isn't really Gregorian chant but I love it so much it has so much heavenly beauty in it so I hope you will enjoy it too stay caffeinated and I'll see you in two weeks Hallelujah.